0: Just me, a place to be me, where you get to experience life. Life is a journey, not a guided tour. If you want the rainbow, you have to go through the rain. Welcome back. Welcome, 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 everyone. Thank you for joining us today. This month is actually Black Indigenous People of Color Mental Health Awareness Month. Last week, we spoke about and we shine light on Black maternal mental health. And today, we're going to talk about a very, very important concept, um, which was developed in 2008. And it is the Black Indigenous People of Color Mental Health Awareness Month. And what it's trying to do is bring awareness to the unique struggles that underrepresented groups face as it relates to mental health. Um, There are drastic differences based on oppression, persecution, abuse, and trauma that people of color and indigenous people experience. And as a result, that mental health can look different. That support looks different. Our narratives look different. And elements of strength and resilience look different. And so today, we are going to continue on with overall mental health awareness and support by shining light and acknowledging it.
1: So, so when we look at the BIPOC, because I keep messing up that indigenous, indigenous, so we, it's also known as BIPOC, that there's sources of stigma, and, we've, and when we talk about stigma. That word alone um, is kind of misleading in some incidents. So for stigma, stigma is like the mark or shame or a set of unbeliefs. So there are certain stigmas as it are related to mental health. And a good example I like to use is the stigma associated with um, if someone is on public assistance. Mm-hmm. I myself was using public assistance after I came out of the military. It was a program used to help transition me from one place to another so that stigma, if I had a set of un fair beliefs or mark of shame, trust and believe, I would not have went down to social services, but I needed that program and it assisted me and my family during that time. So stigmas are associated when it comes to mental health, especially in the BIPOC community that's Black, Indonesians, and people of color. And some of those things that are, are a tribute to that stigma or shame is lack of education, mm-hmm. media, and language. I am so guilty of the language one because I say the word crazy. So in the mental health field, when you use the word crazy, walking down the hallway, some people coming in when you say, I don't even want to see a condition because counseling makes me think I'm crazy. Crazy has a stigma associated with it. So language alone um, in our community helps prevent us or is a contributive factor to some of the um, problems associated with the lack of mental health or even a person wanting to go out to seek mental health when they do need it.
2: So when it comes to stigmas, are you saying we develop them? Can we develop them within family, or it strictly comes from the sources?
1: Uh, me personally, it's, um environmental um I was raised um, with a belief, something that I was trained and And as an individual, I get to change my story. I can change a belief. I could change a value. Mm -hmm. And that's no different. Again, being in the military, we have a set of different people that come together. And once we instill a certain set of values and everybody operating those values, it looks different. So I can adjust my unbelief that I have associated. And through my own life experience, I had adjusted with lack of education. The more I got educated, the more those um, beliefs change. The media, that's tough. they show you, mm-hmm. um, any mental health is always a violent type thing. Mm-hmm. I was in depression. I wasn't violent. But right. you think that, oh, if you go, if they put you on medication, it's associated with I'm crazy or only crazy people go see a counselor. No, I was depressed. You know, I needed this, so I was not crazy. And what is crazy mm-hmm. is how it's that picture or that image that the media gives us, um, our parents gives us, we give our children
2: mm-hmm.
1: on based on our own belief.
0: So some of the um, disproportionate numbers that we do see is that within the BIPOC community, Black Americans. Um, are 20% more likely to experience mental health concerns um, like major depression, or generalized anxiety, um, but are less likely to utilize the services in the community to get the support and the help. Um, and it can be as simple as talking to someone, um, or it can be as intense as doing medication management. Um, supports look different in BIPOC communities, Um, it definitely surrounds the more communal support instead of going and talking to someone one on one. And when we think about that, that that doesn't align very well with that idea of how we do traditional counseling. But in a lot of communities, BIPOC communities, a lot of that support and that social support comes from um, communal spaces. Mm And I I struggle with this because within the Black community, and I won't say everybody, but it is a generalization that if you talk about or you talk about your concerns outside of the family or outside of you as a person, um, then there's something wrong with you. As long as you don't talk about it or you keep it inside, then you'll be okay. Just keep pushing forward. But I think that kind of goes against what we have grown as a community to understand mental health support to be is that we want we find a lot of energy um, in spaces where we come together in community, around food. Mm-hmm. Like let's do a barbecue, let's do a quinceañera, let's do a, um, let's celebrate somebody's birthday. It's all around food and centered around um communal spaces. It's not a very one-on-one type thing. However, whenever we talk about mental health, we tend to say don't talk about it. So, why is that? Well, that's
2: it relates to a lot of Black families, you know. What happens in the house? Mm -hmm. So, as you said before, we were taught that um, we don't share things, and that will also show a sign of weakness. And that's not true, but that's how we were taught. When it
1: comes to to that language, you know, and you have to debunk those myths because you, you only go by what you know. So, if I was told that going to a counselor is a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Until I learn different or someone speaks to me differently, I have nothing to challenge that. So I just go up. I grew up thinking, you know, only white people went to counseling who had money because it cost too much for the black people. You went to one of my house. She was your counselor. Mm-hmm. or auntie. You know, they were your counselors. But, you know, I didn't know about insurance. copay. <laughs> Um, public assistance where you they give free stuff. You know you don't have to have this thing. And that um, we all have issues. It's not um just for the white community, black community, indigenous community, Everyone, if you have a mind, you are subject to concerns, challenges, and sometimes it might be too much for you to handle. And you have people that can help you through those moments or situations, And like you said, sometimes it takes um medicine, but not, it's not always in all cases. But you have to debunk those myths. And there's so many out there. We, we're going to go through a few of them, you know, and how easy it's to say, yeah, well, yeah, I, I used to believe that. But again, as we got educated and through our own life experience, we were able to change those myths because we wouldn't be doing what we're doing then if we be- if we believed those men.
2: And times are different because in the older days, that sense of support was there within the community. Within mm-hmm. the- everybody talking, everybody talking. Yeah. yeah. You had those mentors and, and people that could assist you back then. But now, as we have... Spread out and have connected with other resources, we have to be willing to seek resources outside of the community. Mm -hmm. And that can be very difficult if, as Tracy said, that we still have that, all these, all that, all these generational beliefs. Because our generations have changed, people have changed. Our systems have changed, our support
0: has changed. And that's go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay. And I think that you make a good point, Ms. Sharina, is that um generations have changed what their perspective of mental health to be. And I wanna also kind of talk about this term mental health and the stigma behind mental and how it's we've learned to believe that it is something that is only for the the feeble and weak minded when Last time I checked, we all bleed red. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Last time I checked, we all have a brain. We all have a mind. We all are of human um, descent, species, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) And so to say that our mind doesn't have challenges as far as emotions and regulation and just working through stress would be very unrealistic. And I would challenge a person who said, oh, well, if you have mental health concerns, then you're a feeble mind. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so it is. But what I wanted to say was that generations changed the idea of what mental health is Um You know, from decade to decade. And I know that one of the things that is very evident when we talk about the Latino and Latina um, population is that there are several generations um, within maybe one household. But then also that there's so much trauma going through. Mm -hmm. Um, We have children. Who are maybe first generation, um, college students and parents who maybe have never gone to college and worked, you know, throughout their lives in order to support their kids through college. But you have so many different experiences that why wouldn't there be some type of challenges with emotions or mental health? And that's okay.
1: Right. Right. And as you said, that, um, change happens across the board because the, Mental health across the nation is with the impact of COVID, and mental health looks different as we go forward. Twenty twenty-five mentality, twenty twenty-three mentality is going to look different than what it was in twenty twenty-one and twenty twenty when we were in the midst and the height of COVID because of that impact. Um, all the when the the people dying and how we had to do um, funerals and weddings and everything—that emotional roller coaster clients, doors opening up for counselors now because people are not able to handle the emotions. So um, when you have the depression or slavery, the mentality, as time shifts and your mind shifts, those beliefs should be shifting and what hasn't been happening, they've been trying to remain the same, like it is always like that. Mm-hmm. Opposed to changing and the dialogue has never changed. Mm-hmm. When grandma said, you don't see a counselor, you state what goes on in the house, stay in the house. Mm-hmm. That conversation has taken place generation after generation after generation when life has changed. Mm-hmm. But I'm still telling my children, don't go tell nobody. You try to fix it here. Mm-hmm. We can't fix COVID in my house to the mental But I can send them out. You need to go and talk with someone else because your social life looks different. Mm -hmm. We wasn't doing that in the house. Mm -hmm. The way you go to work, you a social person, try working from home for two years. Mm -hmm. And you used to seeing everybody and all the clothes that you was wearing to work. And now you get to work and home in your pajamas. (laughs) That that stayed up. here changed. Mm -hmm. But don't go tell nobody because what happens in the house, stay
0: in Because you black. And black people don't go to camp. A myth yes yes and that in and of itself kind of speaks to the, the change that mm-hmm. the dialogues that we need to continue to have to make that change normalized i'm gonna go over a
1: couple of myths and i'm gonna see what y'all agree or disagree or how y'all feel about it only people without friends need therapists my therapist is my friend. So. <laughs> Next. <laughs> it says there's a large difference between structured talking therapists and speaking with friends. Both can help people with mental illness in different ways, but a trained therapist can address issues constructively and in ways that even the best of friends cannot match. How about this one? Mental health problems are permanent. Mm-mm. No,
2: they're not. Because you can receive help and assistance to resolve those concerns. Okay. So um,
1: this article says a mental health diagnosis is not necessarily a life sentence. Each individual experience with mental illness is different. Some people might experience episodes between which they return to their version of normal. Others may find treatments, medications, or talking therapies that restore balance to their lives. How about this one? Mental health problems are a sign of weakness. I think you mentioned that
2: earlier. The stigma that people have its not a sign of weakness. We are human. So therefore, we will have feelings. We will have times when our thoughts and feelings are not balanced. So it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength because you're wanting to find better ways to resolve the, the presenting concerns.
1: Okay. I like that one. Let's try this one. All people with mental illness are violent.
0: The media will have (laughs) you thinking that. Um, But no, not at all. And I think it does a disservice to the definition and the concept that we have of mental health because a lot of things in the media will link violent behaviors, racial behaviors, oppressive behaviors, to mental health. And that shapes how we view, quote unquote, mental health. Some things, and I don't want to get into specific events that have happened because I don't know the ins and outs of everything, but some things are learned behavior. I like that.
2: And back to that quote, people use mental health as the reason of the problem as a scapegoat mm-hmm. because you can't see.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, there's no test for it.
2: Yeah. You can't see
0: mental health. So they use that as the blame. There's no test. Well, there are screeners, but the there's screeners, no right, right. blood test. There you go. Yeah. To say that this is The problem. Right. Oh, nope. You are your blood has 55% such and such, and so you're depressed. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like that. (laughs) And if it was, it (laughs) would help. Right. (laughs) And it's sad that people do that
2: because it causes a lot of Mm mishaps in general with mental health. And I say this all the time. People have problems with mental health because you can't visually. You can't physically put your hands on to fix it. It's spiritual. Mm
1: -hmm. I like that. Now, you know I like that part when it comes to the spiritual part. Yes. So, so when when you when you say when you say that, how how can a person challenge that belief? How how do I if that's my belief, help me change my? What steps can I do to help change that belief? Like I hear it because I fit a lot of these categories, and I, I'm sure like a lot of listeners like fit these categories, and we're throwing them out, there, and we're like, hmm, hmm, that was a myth. That was a myth. What do we want them to leave here knowing?
2: Definitely seek assistance okay. from trained professionals. And as a trained professional, like them thing you all, is that what we would do is we will assist them with looking at things in a different perspective. We would change how, because most times people look at it with the visual, we will look at this, assist them with the spiritual and change the way their beliefs are as
0: it relates to situation. Say that again, because I think that people may get caught up on change and say what you just said again.
2: So what we we would do is we will look at their belief system and maybe their belief system is based upon cognitive cognitive distortions as we have discussed false beliefs or how you think about things that can cause mental health concerns. So we will assist them with changing their perspective as it relates to how they view themselves, how they view situations, in order for them to make more healthier choices as it relates to what they're dealing with. I think so we with- can't visually visually
1: see so i think yeah and fix it that sasha was leading to because when we put out the word um spirit like spiritual okay thing, like it's okay. a spiritual thing so when you say like you can't see it um spiritual you don't see spiritually yeah you know but it's not a the, the look that she gave was like it's not a religious right kind no, of thing. it's no, not it's not saying it like if it's a religious thing to we'll get caught because, up because yeah and then and, and we're not saying it to get um it twisted so, yeah. to, so to speak. Yeah, that, um, thank you for that. But for Miss what Miss Smith was saying for again, this this just me that um yeah. I see spirituality and mental illness as coming, operating mm-hmm. hand in hand one.
2: Yeah. So for example, y'all help me with this, even though I can't you know, I said this, I own this. Mm-hmm. If you are angry, mm-hmm. right? Your anger may portray an action. But I can't visually see why you're angry and what those thoughts are in your mind to connect why you're angry. So I will assist you as it relates to discussing what is causing your anger and ways to change up situations in order for you not to be angry in the future as it relates to whatever specific event is, like a coping mechanism. So just your thought process as it relates to that. So your actions won't show things that are unhealthy.
1: So what, what I hear you saying in that part is like your action is a, a contributed to your beliefs and value system.
2: Yes, but there's another step before then because we want to change the way that you think about things that cause that action to be unhealthy. Okay.
0: You no, know, I think that you have it right on the head and some people hit the nail right on the head. I think that some people may think, "Oh my goodness, you know, this supports the reason why I don't go to counseling because people are trying to change my beliefs." And I I want to make it very clear. Every counselor is not the same in how they operate and how they um uh, work with people. Mm-hmm. I operate, this is just me. I operate from a place of I want to know more about you as a client, as a consumer, as a human being, as a person. And let's figure out how to work together to figure out what is stressing you out. Okay. If you, after we go through all of the talking and everything, if you recognize that, hey, it's my environment that needs to change, then we'll work with you to change the environment. If you figure out that it is me internally, my view of myself, or your view of yourself, then, hey, we work on that. But I am only working around the values that you have.
1: Correct? And it is based on your beliefs and values. So for one of the stigmas that was associated was the education, lack of education mm-hmm. in mental health. So if this is your belief, in order to change the belief, if you want to change that belief, educate yourself if if how you're educating yourself does not change your belief then that's your belief mm-hmm. i'm not changing something i have to be educated in order for me to change my mind prove it i need evidence f- just for me so if my belief was what i said earlier only only rich white people go to counseling i need to educate myself to, to is that really true and when i can prove that that's not true then why am i believing an untruth And me personally, I want to operate in truth. I want to believe truth. And right now, I was believing something that was not true. Now that I've discovered that it's not true, I need to operate differently.
2: Okay. So can you see your beliefs? Can you see them with your physical eye?
0: We can act them out. I can
1: sense honesty. Honesty it, is not. Does it? I can't go to the store and get, go to the shelf and say. Right, well, that's what I'm I don't thinking. on, <laughs> no, I yeah. cannot do yes. that. But I can say, you're an honest person, based on my interaction with you. You're you honest person to me. Okay. I don't know how you operate. Nobody else. Okay. But all my experience with you have been honest. So if anybody say describe her, I'm gonna say she's an honest yeah. person. She might say, oh, she's a liar, because all you did to her was lie. But for me, you've been honest. Okay, And so when we go to therapy, because okay. we have two different belief systems, okay. and then Sasha is our therapist, Okay, and I'm struggling coming up in you, Okay, what you going to tell her? Because I have an issue with mental health, because I don't believe who you say you are. All I'm coming to you is to tell you my problems, and I'm going to have to go home and do all the work. That's why I don't come to counselor. That's fair.
0: That's fair. So uh, how do... I support you. What do you want to feel less of? What do you want to do less of? Well, my co worker over here says that I need
1: to unblock her. I have to pay attention to what I'm doing, that I'm overworked. But I might be overworked, but I don't think a therapist is going to help me. So why am I coming to you?
0: Do you feel like what's going on? With your behaviors, with how you react to people, do you feel like you're being effective? Or are there? I mean, to a certain extent, but I know I can do
1: a little bit better.
0: And that's what we look at.
2: So we start with declining. The there yeah. you go.
1: So we talked about the stigma. We talked about some beliefs. And then we kind of did our little role play on how do you get me to come and see you?
0: Because I I have no, and again, this is every therapist is different, but I have no intention of changing your beliefs. I'm not going in with the idea of changing your beliefs, but what I am doing is recognizing if you're not, if you don't feel like you're functioning to your best authentic self, then we need to talk about it. There's a reason why you're crying every day. There's a reason why you're irritable every day. There's a reason, or every other day. There's a reason why, It's hard to sleep. And it could be health reasons, physical health reasons. But then it also could be, I don't know, the stress of life, of adulting, of parenting, of school, of COVID. Because we can't sit back and say, oh, well, the pandemic is over, quote unquote, or it's, you know, eased up on its restrictions. But it is a fact that COVID, the pandemic, the restrictions, the limitations, everything that has happened around that has impacted Black and Indigenous people of color communities a lot harder than some of the other communities. So, when you think about that, when you think about about that in and of itself, then we began. I began as a human being on or, or a person in America began to ask why. Why is it that if I bleed red, I have the same genetic, basically genetic makeup, but there are things in place where I'm experiencing a global pandemic a lot differently than other communities. And that's from various different factors. But when we stop operating in this mindset of, oh, we'll just pull up your bootstraps and get over it. When we stop operating in that and begin to recognize that strength comes along with acknowledging that you're not okay, then we can move forward as communities and as a society.
1: And it it was an organization that I had um, looked up and it's called the Safe Project. And the Safe Project believes there is no shame in getting help or in talking about mental health and addiction. And you actually can join for free. They have a pledge that you can sign up for. You can submit a, f- a photo. They give you a little toolbox and you can just go on um and Google it. It's called Safe Project. We'll have this information um on our page too. And we just thank you for joining us on this talk. And we're going to continue this talk um on our next episode. What y'all feel about that lady?
0: I like it. I like it because there is so much more that we experience Um, within the BIPOC community, that we need to stop, we as our individuals need to stop blocking our own access to support. And I know that there are other um, factors in line as far as society, as far as um, uh, systematic oppression, racism, I understand all of that, absolutely, because I worked in a, a field that operated in that. But at the same time we also have to take accountability and responsibility for accessing our own supports and that's where we need as a community to come together and start saying hey no just like your diabetes matter maybe <laughs> your your mental health matters um one of the things before we wrap up is that before the pandemic um and before a lot of the other Um, societal stressors came into play with the rhetoric of um, oppressive rhetoric and racist rhetoric. In 2018, Asian Americans were 60% less likely and Hispanic Americans were 50% less likely to have received mental health treatment than non-Hispanic whites. However, between 2018 to 2022, the amount of rhetoric the amount of oppression the amount of um stress school shootings community violence targeted community violence and we're not we're not saying we're not reaching out for help we're not saying that we're gonna we're saying that we're gonna suffer in silence no 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 make that make sense if we know that Black and indigenous people of color, our communities are drastically impacted by a lot of things that have happened between 2018 to 2022. And we're saying, oh, we're just going to pull up our bootstraps and just keep going. No, that's a lie.
2: Okay, so with that being said, that is their belief right now, right? Yeah. Okay, you want to change that? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That's what (laughs) I was. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I've change that absolutely. you want to assist people with changing that belief because that belief right now have come stuck, yes, yes, so we don't do it for them. we do it with, with them. them, yes, and we provide the tools to assist the tools to assist with that change mm-hmm. Yes, so that's what I want to clarify
1: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, yeah, definitely have clarified that uh. Serena, you definitely have clarified that. Well, we're going to continue this um, conversation in our next um, episode because it's about two more myths that I want to debunk and then we're going to get into some um, some more stuff that you kind of just picked up on. We talked about like school shooting. How does it affect our youth? Mm.
0: All righty. Thank you guys so, so much for checking in with us today. And until next time, take care of yourself so we can definitely take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening to Just Me Podcast. If you are seeking further one on one consultations, worksheets, and action steps from the ladies at Just Me Podcast, please review the monthly subscription packages starting at $9.99 at www.patreon.com. That's com backslash Just Me Podcast and the number one. If you are seeking further one-on-one diagnoses, interventions and treatment plans, please consider scheduling an appointment with an individual counselor at Journeys Counseling Center. Journeys can be reached at 336-294-1349. The mission of Just Me Podcast is to use authentic conversations to uplift one's mind, body, and soul. The goal of just me podcast is to offer affordable education and insight to individuals who experience financial barriers to accessing individualized behavioral health support. With that being said, the information, including opinions, advice, and recommendations discussed in this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to substitute the recommendations of your own licensed therapist or healthcare provider. Although we are licensed behavioral health professionals, we are not your licensed behavior health professional. As a result, the advice mentioned on this podcast should not replace the recommendations offered by your own qualified health professional.